Hey, this is Scott. Uh, we're Finite Fidelity, and we are in session at Jackrabbit Sound Shack.
welcome in guys good to have you all in here this is i've heard a lot about you from vance so it's good to actually be in the studio with oh, you how are you all doing good things i hope. well man only good mm. yes only good things <laughs> well, thanks welcome. for having us a good sound and those are beers opening mm -hmm. i don't want to say what kind until we start getting sponsored let the, rec <laughs> let the record show my beer is already open <laughs> the record noted but we know where ryan works <laughs> yeah no no big secret <laughs> so if you guys Cats would like to uh introduce yourselves kind of talk a little bit about how you got started in the band how long you guys have been kind of playing together so the audience gets a feel for who we're talking oh, to. Yeah. Okay, well, it's all, it's all his fault. It's all <laughs> Scott's fault. It's definitely who, all. who is that, and who who are you pointing yeah. to? Uh, That's all Scott's fault. Yeah, me, Scott. Um, I kind of started the group esque with, with Brian. Um, we were in a. Brian is the drummer. Drummer, yes. Uh, I play guitar. Maybe some last names. We've got uh, yeah. well, Scott so. Blanco and, and and Ryan Monahan. There you go. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we 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 started a group with. Uh, a, a, it was a different band name called Gun Whales. We had a, a singer uh, named Chris Hamjay, um, who now owns or who's now part owner of uh, Fourth Tap Co-op Brewery. Uh, Co okay, yeah, Brewing Co-op. Sorry, thank you for correction. Um, but he was the singer originally. I think he just he got super busy uh, with his life, and I wanted to keep playing. I loved Ryan's drumming, and so that's kind of a, I was just like, oh, I have a bunch of you know a handful of material. And so I was like, Ryan, let's just, you know, start our own thing. And then we uh, just, I guess this is a really total condensed story, but uh, we just played a few, few, few shows and had our, our songs and everything. And then through the shop I work at, South Austin Music, we met Tim Moen. You know? Hi, Tim. Tim here. How's it going, guys? Tim plays bass. I do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we started out as a two-piece, played some shows, but definitely bass was lacking. So were the two instruments, guitar and drums? Yeah, it was just guitar, drums, and my, my vocals. But what I, what I did to make up for the bass as much as I could, I always brought like a like an Audix D6, <clears> big, you know, kick drum mic slash bass right. mic. So I'd always put it in the back of my cabinet and mm -hmm. tell them just to pump it through like some subwoofers and stuff. And so it, it, it did an okay it job. Worked. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it worked. That's yeah. nice. How long did you guys play as a duo? God, I don't know. Probably for, probably for two, two or three months. Yeah, two, about, about that time. And then, and then you found Tim the Angel. I did. Yeah, it was actually kind of fun. Of, funny, one of those, like, one in a million chances. Um, so Scott works at South Austin Music, and I would go there often to play basses and not buy anything. Um, <laughs> nice. And there was one day I was like, man, I just never get anything. I shouldn't even go. Like, I'm just at, it's not a library, man. Like, um, but I went anyway, and um, then the prophetic words were uttered. Scott wanders over. He's like, so how many bands are you in, man? And <laughs> being a bass player at the time, I was only in one. And, Surprisingly. Uh, so he exchanged info, and he sent me some tracks. And the following week, we got together for a three-piece rehearsal, and it clicked right away. Yeah. Uh, it was, what really surprised me is that Tim pretty much learned, like, two or three songs within – the that rehearsal session we had and not just learn them but he started adding his own parts and it was kind of funny because i didn't you know i think you know the caliber bass player he is i was like yeah man just feel free to you know you know the, i sent you the chord progressions and everything just feel free to add whatever you want he's like really i was like yes absolutely yeah, you can you can be musical yeah, the way yeah. you do it yeah like don't just play roots man like add add you nice so tim would come into the store and play cowboys from hell on bass every day and then <laughs> 
Scott yeah. just <laughs> liked that. No, it was just yeah. it was just money by Pink Floyd oh. the entire time. Every time. I thought it was every rush. Oh, it, yeah, it was a medley boom. of all the ten seconds of rush tracks. Y Y Z. Okay, it's Y Y Z. This is America. True. Yes. You yeah. dummy. Watch out. Neil Peart will get you. So I guess that I guess that brings us kind of up to to me then, because uh, Tim and I have a bond that goes back in the same way that Ryan and Scott have. Uh, Tim and I are both from Madison, Wisconsin. This is Ian. I don't know. If you oh yeah, sorry. I've told. <laughs> I am Ian CGI, uh, but uh, we uh, we've been roommates in the past. So me me and Tim go back jamming for quite a ways, and so. I moved to Austin a couple years after him. Um, There's always kind of a plan, in fact, a seething with jealousy when he he made the move before me. <laughs> I'm like, good for you. I hate you so much. But and where are you guys from? Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. I don't okay. know if you could tell by no. the accents. Actually, I couldn't. It's, Typically, it's, Wisconsin it's, folks it's in are the way that I say right big. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till he says staggered. <laughs> or bagel. <laughs> hey, now that 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 I don't do. <laughs> Ian actually blew my cover because I feel like I have pretty proper non-regional diction, mm-hmm. and then oh, it's my buddy Ian from home, and then he comes in with his exaggerated vowels. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, cool and now, now, now they're nitpicking the yeah. shit out of Tim on top yeah. of it, so yeah. that, that's not my fault. But uh, yes, yeah. yeah, so we we come from there together. I I plan to uh, follow in Tim's stead pretty quickly, and I got down here. So first thing I did was like, hey Tim, you're like. What are you doing? Who are you playing with? And he had just joined Finite Fidelity, like the moment that I got down here. And so um, being the very first band that I got to uh, fangirl on, mm. and uh, justly so, I, I very much dug the music. I was like, yeah. Tim, you've, what you've got here, I'm like, I'm jealous, man. You've got like one of the cooler sounding bands that I've, I've had a chance to hear. Granted, I just got out of Madison for the first time, so I didn't know what Austin had to offer, but... <laughs> Being here for you know over a year now, I I know I've got uh, quite the gem. And you've been here for over a year. How long have you been with the band? I've been with the band now since uh, was it the end of it July? Like, it was mid June. Mid June. It was first approached. Okay. So I'll, I'll rewind a, yes, a little bit. Scott, when, get the intro to this. Yeah. So we actually because we're working at South Austin Music, you run into a lot of you know decent players and really cool really cool cats. Um, one of them happened to be. Scott Skyler Molina, who is actually on the record Red, Red and Blue, and uh, he he actually was funny enough. He was kind of just starting to learn how to play guitar again. He kind of quit for a few years and uh, kind of was relearning how to do everything. And um, I just kind of you know he he got got done playing this really big show in Nashville with with a band. And I was like, hey man, I know you're not really kind of digging the band's dynamic and everything, but if you have time, you want to try to jam with us. I can tell you can do some riffs. And he was like all excited about it, even though he's kind of a country boy at heart. He's like, yeah, I want to try something new. So he he was, yeah, he did, you know, learn, actually contributed two songs to the album, um, learned all of our riffs pretty quickly. Uh, it took some, you know, time to get him, like, to add some stuff, but he always had pretty, pretty decent ideas. And, uh, yeah, um, unfortunately, just life hit him like a ton of bricks, and he just had to quit, quit with the band. And we're, he's all, all of us are on, on good wavelength with him as far as him quitting. Just It just... Life happens. So and he's on the yeah. record, which yeah. was recorded here. Which was recorded here. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, and he, he even got to get on stage with you guys and play at your CD release party, which mm-hmm. was at Stubbs. Yes. Yes. And and that was um, just a beautiful passing of the torch moment to play up yeah. there with him. Because uh, actually, even when he quit, he didn't really ever have closure. 
like didn't have a last show or anything, which I, I was kind of bummed about too. It's just, he had to like immediately quit and like sell all of his stuff. And I don't know who brought it up. I can't remember what it was like. Yeah, Scott should play a song or two. And yeah, so it turned out he played the two songs he really contributed to uh, writing wise. And yeah, it was, it was cool having him up there. Sounded great. And you got to smash a guitar on stage. <laughs> yep. Ian. I mean, I just had to secure my my slot in the band. I, I needed to <laughs> yeah. do something big in case they were trying to bring Skylar back. But, you know. Well, I really like what you're bringing. Skylar's great, and we had a great time here in the studio with him, and he's a great guy, and I'm enjoying you know what you're bringing now. It's a little bit different, and maybe a little heavier, I would say, less bluesy, mm-hmm. definitely a harder edge. I, I would definitely follow into the... He has more of the musical influences that we more of you're on you know where you're into so which i do um, want to talk a little bit about that what are mm-hmm. what what are your influences i know but i want the listeners to know let's, let's just go down the road yeah left right uh pantera <coughs> mastodon system of a down nirvana just like everyone i guess but um you have like an other side of that which, too. Muse. which era of pantera oh Ooh. the whole thing oh, but, but 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 cowboys from hell is definitely my favorite album for okay. sure um Definitely the the earlier stuff. Yeah, because there's a big difference between Cowboys from Hell and the Great Southern Trend Kill. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to beat Cowboys from Hell. Yeah. That's one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. Period. Go for it, Scott. Oh, yeah. Um, Growing up, yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Growing up, I uh, was really introduced to to Muse pretty early, and that was the first band I really kind of gravitated towards. And then, because I have three older sisters and the oldest of, of the three started dating, you know, this tattoo artists and they were all in the nineties grunge scene and all that stuff. When all stoner rock started coming out or sort of like stoner, like desert rock bands were kind of becoming a thing too. So she gave me a CD like Queens of the Stone Age when I was like in middle school. So I kind of grew up with more muse Queens of the Stone Age, but like Ryan, I like, you know, like Pantera, uh, actually I, I, I dig Metallica a little bit. Um, but you then can again, say that without being ashamed. It's okay. I, I feel a little ashamed. <laughs> a little ashamed. Okay. Um, do self can, can we just dub in the St. Anger snare during that whole part while yeah. Scott's oh. embarrassed? Yeah, right. <laughs> my lifestyle determines my death style. <laughs> <laughs> but I also come from a very, very big classical background because I started with viola. So I also, you know, very heavily influenced by like Beethoven, Mozart, Mahler, uh, Stravinsky, like all, like really the greats you study in in in, in music school. So. Which you're an amazing viola player. I think it'd be cool to incorporate that somehow. Eventually, that would be cool. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna try some of that. It's right. interesting your influences because I was telling Vance earlier, listening to the record, your vocal style, um, to me reminds me a lot of the Dead Kennedys vocal style. Huh, that's a new one. I've gotten yes. so I've gotten uh, System of a Down. Okay. I can't remember the lead singer's name for the life of me, but Serge Tankian. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I've gotten that. Um, I've gotten Matt Bellamy from Muse because okay. of the high falsetto stuff. Mm-hmm. I've gotten Elvis, which mm. was kind of nice. Okay. Um, I've gotten Josh Homme once. And I was All like, right. yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy right. with that. Uh, and he also got Barbara Streisand. Yeah, Barbara Streisand. That's actually the most that's, yeah. common. That's probably the best one yeah. out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's the nose. It doesn't lie. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, so, I'm, I'm lost in thoughts of Queens of the Stone Age. So Scott and I share that fandom very heavily, um, and that's something that I definitely have drawn from a lot because I there's things that have there are artists that have influenced me in just like um, 
inspiring me with just a feel or an appreciation, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I take any kind of uh, nuance or style from them specifically. But Queens of the Stone Age has definitely uh, been a huge one for that. So um, I came in with um, Red and Blue, the album that Skylar Molina played on, already in its mixing phases. Um, Vance, we met during the mixing sessions. Um, and uh, so I'd already heard like that riffing, that Queens of the Stone Age style, the Muse being very apparent too. Definitely um, have an appreciation and, and love of Muse. The things that step me outside of that, I guess, um, um, I don't know, it's an interesting variety. Um, in high school, I was a big Nine Inch Nails fan. So you're, you're a big Trent Reznor fan. Yeah, so yeah. I'm definitely a Trent Reznor fan. Um, so maybe like some of the texturing kind of concepts that I come forth from. But also that for me, um, while these guys are all elevating themselves in the world of theory and better knowledgeable understanding of the music they play. I started off with my two best friends simultaneously getting a drum set and a bass guitar at about the same time that I begged my mom for a guitar. And sure. we just threw it together and we didn't know how to play a goddamn thing. I mean, it pretty much is punk rock at that point, I guess. <laughs> like, hey, I figured out two chords. It's great. And my drummer buddy's like, yeah, I got a beat. Let's do this. <laughs> Boom, you have a punk band. But, there you go. But then from punk band and just experimenting and just jamming every every day after school um with no formal knowledge none of us taking lessons because we're too cool for that uh the this jam orientation really develops and, and and comes about and i think especially with the new stuff as it's starting to come together while we're where we're writing together now with me in place um i think some of that's starting to influence i think we're getting a little jammy here and there and really kind of just feeling things out more often well i mean i mean the stuff that you grow up listening to really uh, affects how you hear things sonically you know what well, i mean and my, you like my parents tones, were textures, deadheads so, so, so maybe there's yeah. some of that <laughs> i myself am not like a big fan of the grateful dead there's appreciation for what movement came out of the culture of that and and there's just stories that go on for days that are awesome revolving um, around the Grateful Dead, but now, what do I ever put the Grateful Dead on to kick back and listen to? Right. Not very often. There's a, little, there's a little bit of psychedelic stuff coming out of your guitar. Today, so. There's nothing wrong with the Grateful Dead or Trent Reznor, which, so are, should we expect some more electronic stuff to come about from you guys? Not yeah. currently on the horizon, but we're eventually going to get bored, I'm sure, and, and I would not be surprised if we start trying to incorporate some sequence segues and things like that to kind of yeah. toy and just more like keyboard parts yeah. to start Maybe introducing parts yeah. Yeah. Maybe your chaos pad yeah well yeah definitely um, the muse influence uh, on my part scott here um i actually got a, a telecaster um and put a well actually ben at south austin music did for me uh put a midi controller like matt bellamy so i have a chaos pad on my pedal board so we'll probably be incorporating some cool transitions with that just not really too much electronic stuff but more feedbacky kind of synthy craziness more than anything gotcha awesome. and tim what about you being the bass player influences i hear you're a big yeah. rush fan i am a big rush fan yeah definitely fell into that for a long time yeah. um because hell there's a lot of rush to dissect and listen to and yep. um they mm -hmm. kept it interesting because they changed with the decades so right uh but my first kind of oh wow wake up was Freshman year of high school, I was in marching band playing tenor saxophone, and the first song we learned was Pinball Wizard by The Who. Okay. And that with a marching band is just really grandiose and mm -hmm. awesome, and went home and told my folks, and they're like, oh yeah, The Who? They're awesome. Like, you should check them out. And that that's what first got me, like that just, you know, majesty, but like punk attitude at the same right. time. And 
Interesting. Yeah. So that was the first wake up for me. <coughs> and then fast forward like a year or so, um, a buddy of mine who played guitar on and off, he's like, hey, man, we should start a band. Um, I didn't think my parents would let me get a drum kit, so instantly went, okay, bass guitar, I guess. Yeah. Like, asked my mom. She's like, you check out the Chili Peppers. And uh, that was the real beginning of it. Like, Your parents but, sound super cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah um, I had a good mix. My mom and dad were separated by a number of years, so uh, my dad was influenced by, like, good old 60s rock and, like, early 70s stuff. So I love... I mean, James Taylor, like Cream, like, I mean, 65 to 75, like name a great band. And that's one of my favorites. Pink Floyd, like everything. So when your mom's saying you need to check out the Red Hot Chili Peppers. My mom was a little bit, was younger. (laughs) So she's like, oh, Pearl Jam, Chili Peppers, stuff like that. Um, Hmm. U2 and such. So um, I had like a good mix of music coming. She's about my age. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, she's no. Vance, she's, are you looking? Like, she's looking like for high, an opening here. That's like my. That's like the music I grew she's up. She's a little younger. Too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, definitely stuck. The problem is, I picked Rush and the Chili Peppers, two bands that have an extensive eclectic discography so i kind of got stuck in those two bands and i'm sure i annoyed all my friends because those are the two bands i wanted to listen to no. kind of junk yeah <laughs> ian can attest we've been yeah. friends for six years and he he got me at the tail end of the rush but um but then of course i like matured and um i love just about anything like i played piano and saxophone when i was younger and i just love kind of a mid-range melody and w- within the rhythm too so um playing bass i just kind of i listen to what songs have a good flow to them and influence well i think that you and ryan are a smoking rhythm section you play really well together smoking is the key word and uh you know <laughs> super solid yeah. Yeah. really solid you know rhythm section and being a drummer i appreciate a solid bass player as most drummers do oh yeah yeah um, definitely well i appreciate that vance um i love playing with a drummer because i i kind of living you know vicariously like i didn't have the guts to be a drummer but I want to play drums. You so love the drums. I basically, I just I get to play with an awesome drummer like Ryan, and I just hear where his kick is. I hear where certain fills are that sound like a melody, and I just try to, you know, tonally accent what he's playing. And bass guitar being kind of a translator between the guitars and the drums, I try to meld in there really well. So me just kind of, you know, yeah. falling on top of what Ryan's drumming is what makes it so great. So it, it was, it was love at first. It was. <laughs> And we, we also have the same sense of humor, so we both dick around a lot, but in like the same way. Not, dick. Not, not literally. We'll, we'll play real. No, literally. You guys, oh, you guys, you guys all have that going on, though. You yeah, guys all have that going on. Yeah, you yeah. know, we may not put all that into the uh, mm-hmm. the podcast, yeah, yeah. but there's exactly. definitely some some yeah. bloopers in there. Some, <laughs> what David likes to call Easter eggs. Yeah. But, uh, we're we're full of those, as, as you know, Vance from our from our album. We had we had a nice Easter egg in there, I do believe. A couple. <laughs> like that cracked yeah. me up so much when you guys dressed as each other, and yeah. you had the like Halloween. Star Wars tattoos <laughs> drawn yeah. on. Man, that, that cracked was, me up. That oh, was good. You, I, yeah, I saw I, that I picture double taking. Like what? Yeah, a lot they, of people. You guys play each other really well. You you know each other, and you know. I it's mean, weird. I I first looked at it, I was like, "There's wait, that's not Scott." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, at first, I um, yeah. honestly. We had that from a lot of people too, which was, you know? which was hilarious. We go we go back a little ways. We 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 I think we met in co- yeah we met in college 2010, pledged for the same fraternity. So we know a lot about each other. You know what I mean? A lot. <laughs> That just wait. This is awkward. Don't look at me, man. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
It happened to be a music fraternity, so <laughs> yeah, not, not like oh, uh, nice. your typical like West Campus. I guess if you're familiar with like UT, not your fr- typical Greek, uh, Greek fraternity. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Was the unfraternity fraternity? Yeah, we yeah. actually did like meaningful stuff, like sing <laughs> and drink. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> like stuff the, that, that makes sense. like the Irish exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff that makes sense. Stuff that makes yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, you work well together. You have a cool sound, and we've enjoyed having you on. We should play a song, though. Yeah. Uh, so we started off with Red and Blue, but uh, we're going to move into Seeds now. If you guys, one of you guys want to introduce that. Yeah, I I was writing this song. Well, pretty much, um, it, I, I'll tell you exactly where it spawned from, too. So Ryan and I have a video we like to watch on youtube two girls one cup <laughs> yeah. oh. it's on youtube <laughs> two guys one yeah <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the censored version um, two guys in a vacuum <laughs> <laughs> oh god um but it, it's it's funny enough it's called farting preacher uh <laughs> but it's it, it ha- if you haven't seen it look it up it's hilarious but oh, it's yes. got it's got robert tilton on there who is slosh was a really big televangelist in Dallas back in like the like 80s and 90s but the thing is he embezzled a lot of money like most televangelists do but was like one of the bigger stories of when that kind of first started happening but there's a show that we also like to watch what was it uh, not was the one with John Oliver Oh, just his segment about but, but, televangelists and yeah. um, how they, they ask for people's seeds of faith yeah. basically they ask for people's money so they will pray for them and heal, you know, the the wrongs that are happening in these people's lives. Like, mm. oh, I, I have cancer. Um, well, if you send me your seeds of faith, I will pray for you, and your cancer will be healed. It's just all a lot. No, it's like, or you'll be shit. rewarded in heaven because yeah. you paid me. And so, <laughs> I just I was watching that and just getting, I think, more pissed off than I've ever been. Like more so than politics. I was just like, wow, this is entirely too fucked up for this to be happening like that i don't understand why it is i don't understand why anybody would want to do this so i started writing lyrics to it and uh it was it pretty much has to do with seed faith in tele in the televangelist kind of society because there's so many of them now um but then i started noticing oh a lot of these lyrics kind of tie into politics so I wrote a lot. I mean, I guess there's there, you can see ties in the lyrics uh, b- between pretty much Robert Tilton and Trump. So that's kind of where the the inspiration came from for for seeds. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and listen to seeds here on in session at Jackrabbit Soundshack.
your hands into the sky Caress the man's face He'll shed some tears of joy Upon where you lay studio in session of jackrabbit soundcheck with local rock band finite fidelity welcome back guys thanks for having us back they're still promoting their new album red and blue which was recorded here at jackrabbit soundcheck which i think sounds pretty awesome so if you haven't gotten a copy of it or gotten a download get yourself a copy it's at waterloo it's uh, in the veneer as well. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, YouTube, MySpace, SoundCloud. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> not, not MySpace. Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tinder. So, where Rumble. do you guys like to play in town? Saxon. Yeah, Saxon's been the most uh, nice to us. It's just getting us really nice Friday, Saturday gigs. And so, yeah, Saxon, they. Yeah, they, they give us really good shows on Fridays and Saturdays, and surprisingly, the clientele there is really digs our music. And I, I usually mean, I mean, it's, it's wrong to assume, but I mean, a lot of the older crowd, you're thinking they're going to want like country rock, bluesier stuff, and we definitely have that. But we, oh, we do introduce our heavier material at Sax, and, and it seems to go over very well. And I think that's one of our favorite places. I mean, personally, mine also Mohawk. Yeah, yeah. both of those places. I mean, at Saxon's the the levels of of everything it's just like 
Spot well, that's on. Uh, the sound guy there is really good. He's Richard, really good at what he does. he's he's yeah. he's he's the man. Like it's he nice makes it tastefully that. loud, and most venues just make it way too loud. They just it's where it's just like uncomfortable to like. Be it's there. it's always really comfortable, like in, intimate yeah. affair at uh, at Saxon. I mean, another like credit that. of theirs is they uh, Richard the after the first time we played there, he saved our mix into his board. So all the subsequent gigs, he just like, okay, I got you guys ready. I know what. Wow. So they, he's always they really improving care about upon your our consistency of tone. That's our particular awesome, thing, our mm-hmm. brand. But uh, my brand, my brand. <laughs> my, mine's definitely got to be Stubbs. Just an essence of kind of what was a was a goal getting down here. Yeah. And then when I joined, our very first Stubbs gig <clears throat> was on on the books, and we had uh, two gigs before that. Um, one was at um, Carousel. Yeah, that was <laughs> everything went wrong with you. Everything. <laughs> yes, it, it was a definite trial by fire. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, what better way to set you up for? It's like, okay, well, I've had everything that can go wrong go wrong in the very first night, so I'm pretty much equipped for it all now. Let's yeah. just Good go thing. forward. I think it was at Carousel too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, we had the San Antonio gig at Jack's, but the big one was that um, Stubbs was in place, and I was like, oh, man, I haven't been in a project since I moved down here. I'm, I'm just now having to learn the whole set of material, and I got Stubbs in a month, and that's what I got to get ready for. Um, and then since then, that's where we ended up doing the CD release for Red and Blue, and just um, amazing. I mean, Who did you guys play with at Stubbs? Uh, we played with— well, first uh, round. Oh, the first round. Uh, that we were brought on by uh, Fair City Fire. Okay, local which, rock group as well. Which uh, there's actually a, not an in session, but a podcast. I've heard it. Yeah, I heard you guys. That, on that. Uh, yeah. Yes. Which where there was we played a round of trivia that we definitely won. I just want to add. Yeah. <laughs> you hear yeah. that, Fair City? Yeah. Even we're, we're putting it on record. Even in though in session, even though you messed up a trivial. I didn't mess <laughs> it up. I just answered the right. Answered the right way. <laughs> oh yes, I remember the trivia, yeah. and I gave you a hard time about it. And you're still like. I said, "How many instruments are in a string quartet?" I said, three. There's four players, three instruments. <laughs> But he's just a little raw about that. Just just a little bit. You know. I'll never let it go. It's like, <laughs> so the woman keeps holding on to it for dear life. <laughs> I mean, the, the counseling sessions are improving. <laughs> yeah, those I'm guys. to give the right answer. Those guys, I saw them both at your stub show and at, uh, at Saxon and. I'd love to have them on here. That would be awesome. No, they're, 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 they're good people. Very yeah. good people. Yeah, they've been fantastic to us. Um, always um, been supportive um, at the shows that we're having and, and bringing us on for a variety of um, events and, and gigs. And uh, so that's been fantastic. They, I feel like they really are in for stubs in that way, that uh, they put on one hell of a bill that we opened for um, being my third show. And I think that just kind of set us in, in a good position of light for putting our CD release there. And that outcome ended up being, I mean, it far exceeded, I think, what any of us really expected we would have happen. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then we had That Girl Dre. Yeah, that, that's that that Yeah, That Girl them. Dre is, is, yeah, fantastic group as well. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, so you just put out this new record, mm-hmm. Red and Blue. Do you, uh, we sort of mentioned something about touring and I just wanted to find out what what is your plans for the new year? What are your plans coming up in the upcoming months? Are you guys planning to take this on the road oh, yeah. and follow up? Because mm-hmm. usually, you know, back in the day, that's how you did it: is you put out a record, 
you go out on the road, yep. you go out on tour, and you you follow up the album release with a tour. Well, not yeah, to be purist, absolutely. but <laughs> <laughs> we've been. Uh, we took so our CD release was on December sixteenth, and then of course you know holiday break. Um, but we took January to kind of you know pat ourselves on the back, but also plan this tour uh, for June. We're going to hit the Midwest. Ian and I, being from Madison, we have a lot of friends, a lot of connections up there, and in regions around there. So. We planned a, it was like a 10 show, 13 day tour. Yeah, that's, I think that's yeah. accurate. Um, heading up there, but you know, in Kansas, uh, Missouri, Iowa, Minnesota, and uh, Chicago, of course, and just uh, doing a nice round of the Midwest cities and going back home for hopefully a triumphant return. And um, yeah, we've been, you know, putting uh, our hands on the keyboards and getting all that planned out and contacting venues and researching bands that we want to build with and you're doing this all on your own no, yeah. no yeah. help no no grass yeah. no agents no, or anything like that Nothing. so we're yeah. uh, it's it's but i you know i feel funny doing all this stuff when uh, i remember before they even asked me to be a guitar player i maybe it was half jokingly maybe it wasn't we'd always talk like music business and like ideas and like what bands should do moving forward um and help to promote themselves um just when i was being a fangirl and <laughs> Scott, we had like a was Labor Day pool party or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scott's like, you know, man, if you just want to like be our manager or something like that, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, did you take him up on it? Are you their manager now? Um, well, I don't know. I'm not getting a managerial fee yet, so assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to yeah. slip that into yeah. uh, you know some drunken night uh, contract when yeah. I can. Yeah, we're doing some uh, manager and training <laughs> sessions. <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah, the the tour um, we're gonna do the best we can with it on our own. Um, but I, I think it's just doing it grassroots is a great opportunity too to really force yourself to like reach out um, to artists in these different areas and get to really know some music that you're not familiar with um, right. in new places. And doing that on a hands-on approach instead of having third party do it, you entrusting in their best um, judgments on it. You really get to get to the heart of, and what do, what do we love in, in music from other people? And where do we see a reflection of what we do with other artists as well? Yeah, we definitely get to cater the tour to ourselves, you know, reach because we're looking up the bands and contacting them ourselves. Like we get the rapport going and it's not just like, Hey, we're buzzing through town and you guys get on our bill so we can get paid. It's, you know, we dig your music. We would love to build together. Let's see. That's what a good way to do yeah. it. That way, you know, you're not just, because you're rolling into town, nobody there might know who you are. They might, yeah. but uh, when I've toured in the past, that's the best way to do: get on a bill with somebody that's local. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then, um, as far as other plans between now and then, depending. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot going on. We, um, you know, have a few things with South by coming up. Um, you guys have an official South by Southwest show? We do not, unfortunately. No, we do but not. you're Scott, doing a show. Scott and Tim have. <laughs> they're, they're, they're sore that sounds I, interesting. I, I'm, I'm sore but uh yeah we uh we don't have official but we're doing um a lovely speaking of um that girl dre and fair city fire we'll be playing with them at fourth tap during music week uh we also are now confirmed as a part of dirty fest at dirty dog that week as well we're gonna try to get um i don't know what your plans are tim but uh we're gonna try to get something saturday uh evening uh, this it's just a little just fun show called Pete Fest we did last year. It's a shit show in in the best way. In in the best yeah. way possible. It's, it's, a shit, it's a shit show you want to go to. Yeah, this guy, uh, this guy Ash, I know from from the shop. 
uh, his brother owns this acre of land, and it's just this really cool eclectic backyard, essentially, and all the neighbors are super cool. It's a very old Austin kind of vibe. Um, and so what he does is he actually builds a stage, has a bunch of backline equipment, and it's actually like all good stuff, like he just, you know, old Ampegs, old Fenders, and all this stuff, and actually nice PA equipment. And just puts on a really eclectic show with no worries about is it going to be cohesive set or not. It's just like, okay, first we have a comedy act, and we have a blues band, and we have a weird comedy girl act or something, and then we have eclectic dancers, and then what there's they, a rock band they, like us. What were they called? I forget that. I can't remember either, but it was it was definitely like... It's, it's a, <laughs> yeah, that's and very, that chick band. Yeah. Very yeah. raunchy uh, humor. Oh, yeah. They, they had... But yeah, it's like there was like punk bands and stuff early in the day. But it's an all day event. But it's it's just fun. It sounds uh, like the way. It? Yeah, it's fun. called Pete Fest. Uh, it's not super advertised, but I mean, when we play it, it's like under this cool little veranda tent. Mm-hmm. It's for thing. like the artists of the the neighborhood, really. Yeah, like, just, and you know, we got invited on. It was just fun. Just like no holes bars. Just rock out as much as we want to. Um, just with a bunch of cool locals. Nice. It kind of sounds like the way Fun 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 Fest used to be set up with comedians rock hip-hop and then you've got tesla coils in the middle of the festival for no reason <laughs> well that's a good idea we shouldn't we should incorporate those <laughs> um, but yeah very similar so we're, we're gonna try to get on that again uh see if we're we're invited back it was, it was a good turnout but you know and then if um and then after getting the south by behind us hopefully we can dive into um doing our first music video um we'd like to consider trying to have something like that to put out mm-hmm. in anticipation of tour for promotion but uh we're we mean, we're not in the business of wanting to rush anything right now. We have a fantastic yeah. album out. It's it's there to listen to. You know, we have all the ability to advertise it now. We have a tour mm-hmm. in sight. Um, and we'll fill in the pieces where we can as we do it. That's mm-hmm. good that you guys are taking nice. your time and join your time playing music together. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and like having this time off has been really nice because we, as a full band, not I mean like since Skylar, we actually really haven't had time to write. So we've been writing a lot of new material. We are actually at uh, seven new songs right now. Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. Um, just including one you'll hear uh, pretty soon here. Yeah, you guys are p- played one for us today. Yeah. But first, this this next song is Menthol. <laughs> crooked head The silhouette of a cigarette burns bright red I don't need to be told what to do or what to say The crushed blue of its tailored suit makes you sad in the bright of day smell of mint makes you squint in the dark of night I don't need to be told what to do or what to say
Flip that switch, make your pitch Sell me something that I don't want Run your mouth, let it out Tell me cause I really don't care I don't need to be told what to do or what to say That was menthol. So from my understanding, there's kind of an interesting story about the song, which I was actually going to ask you guys about it initially, because listening to it on the album, it has, uh, in my opinion, a different sound from all of the other songs on the record. So I yeah. wanted to, to point it out. So what, uh, what, what's going on with that song? So we also, this, uh, if, you, if you've heard for the first time here, we actually do it pretty differently on the album. It's more straightforward, rocking, but... You know, to change it up a little bit, we, we were originally in, in the understanding that this was going to be more of an acoustic thing. We were told, oh, no, you, you know, bring all your gear and everything. So we were like, well, you know, let's, let's change it up a little bit. So we made like a lounge version uh, that we just played. Richard Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> we cheesed it. Welcome to the Finite Fidelity Hour. But, and then, uh, it, then it morphs into like the, the rockin' version. Yeah, it goes back. Like to on the, the record, it sounds a little more punk to me. Yeah. A know, little like bit. Punk rock. It's Yeah, it's really, I don't know, it, that, that, that song was written out of, I don't like to use the word hate, but it was written out of pure hatred. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, like, I don't, just, I don't you're, like you're to use the word, but let me go one step yeah, higher with it. I feel, I feel you're justified with uh, using yeah. that word. So, with that song, I had just a fuckhole of a, a, a boss previous. Hi, Vance's niece. <laughs> so, he, he was, I don't know, uh, I guess still is because he still fucking works there, but just a horrible person. Um, really didn't care about employees. Like, just kind of did whatever he wanted to do. Leave early. Was kind of a creep. Like I just like the things that he'd say. Like while we we're just kind of alone in the store about women was really kind of creep. Like, it would creep me out and kind of pissed me off at the same time. Micromanager. Uh, definitely micromanager. I mean, just. A, a god awful human being, like to to to, to be honest. But tell like, us how you really feel. Well, how I really feel. No. Uh, yeah, he, he was just horrible. So his favorite thing to do when I worked there was smoke menthol cigarettes. And so he'd always have his walk to the tree. I'm gonna go take my walk around the parking lot, and that was his way of saying, "Hey, I'm gonna take a break. You handle everything while I go smoke a cigarette." 
and he'd always just come back smelling of just nasty fucking menthol, just ugh, just seeping from his body. Best way to describe it, just seeping. So that a lot of the lyrics very much tie into just him. I wrote a song entirely about him, so it's a lot to do with uh, just him being a messed up individual and smoking menthol cigarettes. Was that a music store? Was he, was he a musician at all? Well, he was a quote-unquote drummer, and I heard him play, and he was, you know, no, he, he was not good um, in summation. But, yeah, just also, too, he just the way he would always, like it, if, if, if anybody could be, uh, what's his name from Office Space? Uh, Bill, Lumberg. Bill Lumberg. If anybody can be Bill Lumberg, but, like, just worse, <laughs> it's this guy. I won't drop names, but he, if he listens to this, well, he's going to know who he is. That pretty, uh, much, that pretty much sums up. Yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah, that sums up the song. So let's go into the production of the song. Was it kind of produced by you guys? Like yeah, everything on the everything on the album was pretty much self-produced, and a lot of it you know, was kind of interchanging between uh, Vance and us, just every, every single song. But gotcha. I, with a lot of Red and Blue, I'll, I will say I, I wrote a lot of the, the riffs, mm-hmm. and I just told everybody, hey, Right to this, and right. they added their own cool parts, and it morphed and changed it, uh, over time, and we got our our final product of it. So, in the song "Menthol" on the record, on the Red and Blue record, what kind of spawned the, um, I guess, the telephone voice effect for that song that you have? It it was just kind of more or less changing it up. Um, the song is just written with so much anger, mm-hmm. and there's there, there's no need for purity in a vocal track in that tune. It needs to all just be distorted. Well, I mean, the the reason I bring it up and I wanted to ask you about it was because it does help paint the picture of what the song seems to be about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cigarettes, the titles, it does make it dirtier. It makes it gross. You know it's what I mean? Gritty. Which, is, which works off. for the track. Yeah. yeah. And so, I was like, I want to basically write, not blues metal, but bluesier metal yeah. if we had to, you know? Like mm-hmm. kind of, it still kind of goes in that stoner rock beat, um, but it's just, it's just nasty. I wanted the song to be just nasty. Right. Okay. Well, because that's who that human being is. It worked. Okay. <laughs> he's he's a nasty human being. <laughs> Do we mention he sucks? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, um. And so, what? I mean, you kind of touched a little bit on on what spawned the swing lounge style of it today. Was it just the fact that you guys wanted to change it up because you were initially thinking about? Let's try what it's going to see like, or see what it's going to yeah. sound like acoustic. Yeah, we the, thought every th- song we were going to play originally was uh, going to be an acoustic version. So right. we're like, ah, oh, we got to like at least do one of them. Kind of. Not totally. Right. Yeah, right. You know? right. We so, put all this thought into it. We might have, you know, we've come halfway. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was just interesting to make up such a, a, a gritty song on the album to sound a little bit sexier. Yeah, I, I think it also makes it sound a little more sarcastic, too. Yeah. Yep. Which is kind of nice. We cheesed it. Yeah, yeah we cheesed it. <laughs> we cheesed it up. Hey, so what you, are, you, are you guys going to try to take your writing? I know that a lot of the times, Scott, you bring in an idea, and then they kind of just, you let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. But you said that you're coming up with new ideas, you have a bunch of new songs. Are you guys trying to write more, like, in your rehearsal space, in the studio, whatever? Absolutely. More where it's... Hey, we're gonna create this together in a place and time, versus you just bringing in a, sign, a song idea and then running with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've brought in a, l- I mean, a good amount so far, but these guys have really written some cool <clears> stuff. <throat> and like, we've all just kind of, there's been more or less. I mean, I, it's more of just an idea, not even the riff of the entire song. It's just like I have this one idea, 
okay, let's expand on that. Yeah. And then everybody expands on it. Different ones like, oh, Scott, why don't you do this? Oh, you know, Ian, why don't you do that? Or Ryan, why don't you do this? Or that'd be cool if we all did this here. So it's it's a cool writing uh Dynamic, yeah. Dynamic slash just environment to be in. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of, I was kind of uh, wary to be, <clears throat> to see where yeah. the writing would be with with all of us and all the hands in the pie, uh, so to speak. And it's, and actually, you know, we've, I, I was surprised as far as like how fluid it's gone so far. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's good. I mean, you're always like, it's not my band, it's our band. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> that want was one drunken night. About, you know. <laughs> He says that a lot. You say that a lot, and I think that that's good because, I mean, that's the whole point of being in a band is because it's a band, you know what I mean? Nobody wants an egomaniac that just wants his band to be all about him, you know? And more credit to Scott, too. He wrote the majority of the material on the first album, but absolutely, hey, guys, do your thing. I'm not like I'm not a bass player. I'm not a drummer. Like you guys are the musicians. Yeah, it sounds like you were kind of so, holding back at first, and he was like, "Don't hold back." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you know, because when you first do a project, you don't want to like stomp all over somebody else, and especially as a bass player, you're waiting to hear, "Oh, just just do this kind of thing." And so, when the first rehearsal, he's like, "Hey, man, why don't you add what you want?" Like that was one of the things that made me, you know, realize this is the band I've been hanging out and waiting for. Like I played through so many different projects trying to find that cohesive group that wants you know the musical career that i do but also has a musical ability to back it up and uh open-mindedness and that absolutely was what scott had so first album like we got to put our parts on it and now that we have it out in the world we love it and we've taken ourselves a little break we can write as a band like get to know each other more as musicians and that's been real nice so we always bring someone someone will show up with one riff and the other guy was like hey i had a riff that is similar if I drop it a key kind yeah, of thing. Complimentary. We just yeah. it, so what was really cool. Together. It was really cool actually. I, I got to point these two. I got point these two songs in particular that we're writing right now. Um, yeah. Ian just brought a riff that was kind of like ah, eh, you know, I wouldn't say throwaway, but it was definitely like, oh, here's this thing. We're like, oh, that's. I didn't know rude. where to go beyond like, this first part. I'm like, I, I got this core thing. As try as I might, I, I, I don't have I don't have a, a B to the A. So and so he brought that, and that was completely new for me because that was the first time I really actually had him brought a riff to the table, and we all just just jumped on it and wrote it. And it was really cool. We t- tossing ideas back and forth, like you know, we should do this, do that. And it was very very cohesive how that went. And then secondly, I had to miss out on. Uh, one rehearsal because I was uh, my, eating dinner with my parents for birthday, whatever. He's a big but birthday boy. He, was... takes, he takes big birthday poops. I gotta say, too, on, on this note, because this this is like after the he has a day that he, he can't make practice, and instead of just calling it an off day for us, we decided to use it. And uh, prior to that, We'd been hanging out one night, and I, maybe it was just because like we had started really fleshing out songs from different origin points within the band, and, you know, from Tim, um, from Ryan, from me. And as that was starting to become more comfortable, uh, Scott pretty much pulled me aside and said, "Hey, man, so I I really would love to just sing on on a track and and have you like put something forth. Like I've kind of got a sound, I've got a, a feel in mind, but that was it." This amorphous concept. Basically, I just said, make it sexy. I want, well, Ooh. I had been listening to and hanging out with Patrice Pike, who's another local musician here. And she has this one song called Hands Up that I, I see a lot of Thursdays. She plays every Thursday at Saxon Pub. So I go see her do that. I'm like, man. And she just like owns that song. And she can do, and she just has room to do whatever she wants to with her vocals. And I was like, man, I want to, 
I kind of want a song like that. I want to just like. I want to do that. I want. I want to do. I want to do that. Because, because showing off on guitar isn't enough. <laughs> but no, I mean, you brought it, you brought it to me, and I was like, you want to do something slow? She's like, sex, kind of like R and B, kind of like beaded, kind of a little bit almost mm-hmm. soul, whatever. Um, and I was like, this is cool. Like, I just I I like the idea of trying to put a riff to something that's in your brain that I can't hear yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I was screwing around, and I had a riff idea. And I pretty much had figured it out just that week prior to his birthday um, weekend with uh, his parents. And so I was like, well, we'll still practice. And I don't know if I brought it up to either Ryan or Tim beforehand, but it's like, yeah, we can work on stuff. But when I got there, I was like, so I got this idea. Let's surprise Scott. And we got to work on on writing a large portion of the song right off the bat to uh, bring to Scott. And it was kind of this nervous, giddy, like, Oh, is he gonna like it? I hope he likes it. When he came back on Tuesday for for our other regular practice, that's super cool. And yeah, we had all the all the forms down, like transitions. You know, maybe work on a little bit, but we had all the segments in order. What we thought sounded good. So within a few hours, you know, three of us were able to write a song, and you know, just another testament to like so being a great band. Scott, what was your reaction? Did you cry and scream like a girl? Or were you like... Um, I don't think scream's <laughs> the perfect. right word. I, I think squ- I think squeal is, is the right word. Yeah. Squeeze! So it, it was, it, yeah, when I when I showed up and they, they, they showed me, I, I, immediately, I immediately just had so many ideas just right right out, right out, of the, right out of the box, you know, just like vocal melodies that just fit perfect, like exactly what I was looking for. And I was just like, fuck yeah, these guys can write like without me. Like I don't have to worry so much anymore about writing shit. Like these guys got it. Like I don't ever. This have is to, one of the new tracks. This will be one of the new tracks uh, coming out soon. As far as like you know, live wise, we'll probably put on the probably put on the, on on the next record. But uh, won't speak you know too too far in advance. It's a secret. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, so this yeah. is not the one you guys played today. Not the one we played no. today. Oh, okay. uh, but what was what, what's really cool? Yeah, it was just like pretty much all they needed was to tie these ideas together. They had the order of what they wanted. But it's like okay, well, how are we going to go from each one? And that's the only where I came in. I just had my guitar and kind of just hashed it like, okay, put this chord here, put this chord here. It's like, oh, that works, that works, that works. And soon enough, it was just like within maybe an hour, it was all pieced together. And nice. now it's just time to work on it, me get lyrics ready and stuff. But and I feel like that pace has been like kind of becoming established more regularly now. But I mean, talking about the, the new song that um, we're still doing tonight, um, that was one of our first new songs following red and blue where i was actually part of the writing process hey ian here um <laughs> and uh that one we 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 had the bulk of it we had the meat and potatoes right away but it was definitely like rehashing it toying with it for i feel like a good couple months we so kept kind of sure or the, or, the, or the new one that i'm singing to uh mirage, uh, mirage speaking yeah. about mirage yeah um i i feel like uh we were like okay it's done and we're writing this other stuff. We're rehearsing, you know, the red and blue material for new shows, things like that. Getting ready for the CD release, and we'd come back to him like, God, and I had another idea. All right, we'll add that in. It's done. Yeah, we got time. More time passes. We keep coming back, and um, so I feel like Mirage. We were kind of just like remorphing it for for a good while, um, and who knows? Maybe that's what's going to happen with the new songs that we're writing, just in two, three hour sessions, just grinding it out. Um, you know, fleshing it out together um, in practice to sitting down and, and throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. So do you think that every band needs to have a band leader? Because I know, Scott, you've talked to me before, like, you know, I don't want, I didn't necessarily want to be the front guy, but somebody's got to sort of like make sure people are having rehearsals. And Yeah, I mean, I, 
it's weird. Like I, I still think as much as you know, I, what I've only qu- quoting from one of these guys. You know, it's like you're whether you like it or not, you are the band leader. It's like, yeah, I I, I see that. Um, I do a lot of you know organizing, scheduling, and stuff, but it's kind of just been distributed recently, and I, I think it's. Yeah, maybe the band leader as far as like how how rehearsals go, but I always throw out there like, okay, well, do we want to what do we want to do next? Do we want to do this, it's, this, or this? Who's booking? It's a, it's a democracy. Book, yeah. Yeah, yeah, booking yeah. wise, it's it has been me for a while, but Ian's kind of jumped to the jumped to the plate on that one a good good bit. I mean, I think even Tim won't like you know is is, is starting to get things together as well. I mean, he's helping with the tour, mm-hmm. you know, looking up places where we can play. Probably gonna start contacting venues soon. You know, it's it's. All very, very cool how it, it's very, very democratic. Yeah, I don't think it's that a, a band needs a leader. A band needs leadership, and leadership yeah. isn't, you know, relegated to one person necessarily. Right. Many bands it often is, but uh, it's because like one person is the only person willing to really take on some of those uh, those extracurriculars that are absolutely necessary to right. treating mm-hmm. a band as, as as a, you know, business venture going forward. Exactly, and what's, what's, what's cool is it's there are just certain uh, responsibilities that people, in the band, people in the band have, have just taken it upon themselves. Like, I like doing a lot of booking. I like talk, contacting booking agents. I know a few now just through emails, but they'll respond because we've worked together before. And just kind of, you know, he's starting to, he's a really good networker. Um, Ryan has taken it upon himself to just manage. the word for party animal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Ryan's taken it upon himself just to like manage the website. You know, it's like he just, he does all of that. And I don't even want my hand in that pie at all. So. And I think some of the stuff shifts too, because like, some people are like, well, somebody needs to do this, so I'm going to do it. And then as time goes on, it's kind of like, you know what? I think this is my strong suit, maybe. And and you kind of shift between where someone just tries it out and and is enthusiastic about it and just feels like, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm totally cool with, you know. I feel like the social media presence and kind of management. I feel like that's constantly shifting. For example, like, yeah. and let's be understandable. It's kind of just like you know when sometimes you're feeling creative, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're feeling like you know keeping a, a dialogue with your fans constantly and then other times you're as a person probably just like eh, I, don't, I don't know what to say on facebook right. today or yeah or whatever. that's a good way to go about it i've you know i've seen a lot of bands who just kind of get stoned and they're like oh someone else in the band will take care of it or they're like if no one else is going to do it i'm not going to do it either well, and the then they end up going nowhere yeah well the yeah. good thing is they everybody will call out like hey well yeah. have you done that yet right no i haven't i'll do that right yeah. now yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> we do look to scott um for like you know hey like give us a call kind of thing but yeah we're all here to kick the band's ass kind of thing like Good. we, we, want, each other we all want the band to succeed right and so we're more than willing to jump in oh they're all doing these things well i'm going to find something extra extracurricular that i can do right and then um yeah we're just all here to make the band work which is the best thing and yeah. that's cool that awesome. you're able to figure that out i mean i've been in bands before where it's like i've had to be the person to say you need to do this you need to do this because it's not getting done and I can't do everything. And I think that that's cool that you're taking on your own roles and doing these sorts of things. And it's not all on one person's shoulders. Uh-huh. And I think that when it's not all on one person's shoulders, I've also been led down in the past in bands because you're the one putting all the time and effort and whatever, and they're not contributing as much. So they don't have as much to lose. And then next thing you know, they're off getting their PhD or, mm-hmm. you know, moving to Alaska. Sorry, um, or getting or getting a back tattoo. We're not gonna we're not gonna drop any names, <laughs> no, but I'm back. just saying I've been there, yeah. you know. And it's cool that you guys have figured out your sort of democracy as a group and how it functions and whatever, because a lot of bands don't have that. Uh, yeah, I've played in quite a few bands. Um, 
since I, I mean, a couple of bands before I moved here and being here three and a half years, I've probably played in like six different bands looking for that, you know, equal dedication, equal yeah. application of musical talent. And when you're the newest guy in a band and you're the most dedicated one and you're the bass player, it's like this, where is this going? I can't, I can't <laughs> Why get you was all this the band go. in the first place? Like what, what am I doing here? Like I'm now I'm just here to advertise myself. People yeah. come see me, and if they like what I'm doing, ask me to be in a better band that wants to make it happen. So I definitely learned all the red flags, personally, that would stop me from wanting to join a project. Like, I could see the end of someone's motivation at this point, and all of us being on the same page in that is... And we all have different life dynamics as well. And going beyond that and making time for this band within that is um, just the final cap on it. Like, we all will you know kind of jump certain through hoops to make this band work even if you know we're running ourselves ragged working all the time right yeah i mean i want to toss in one more thing about that Mm -hmm. it just kind of what you were talking about you know being reminded in in bands that i've played in and one in particular not gonna mention names Mm -hmm. because he's actually a good friend now but um playing in his band he it, it was it was his group and he just said, no, no, I'll take care of everything, paid music, paid all the musicians what they should be paid, whatever. But it was, I mean, it was his group. And what I feel with that too, the reason why I don't want to be, you know, the, the band leader, I don't want to be the front man, whatever, because I feel like the show becomes all about you, which is cool sometimes, I guess, but that's like you're a solo acoustic act. But, you know, when you're in a band playing with very caliber musicians and you kind of leave them out a lot of the time, they don't respect you as much. I didn't. I didn't respect him at all at the time yeah. because all the stuff he was doing, it was it was his group, his project. He dictated everything. You know, that's fine. I'm getting paid. But I kind of wanted to be in the group a little bit more than just being paid. I really dug it, and I think it was a cool dynamic. But anything he would post is like, oh, I'm playing here. I'm playing here. Not we're playing here. Not we're doing this. Not we're recording this. Like, not, hey, you know, tr- you know I'm not going to mention names, but, you know, this guy on drums <laughs> – like he's doing a really cool drum fill it's like well, watch this or it's like oh this guy on bass is doing a really cool bass line well, you know that's funny it was always about him and i i lost respect in that sense and i, I think it's that's the reason why i'm so adamant about not being like the front guy the main dude because it's when you're playing with great musicians everybody has a better time i think nobody else is in, included in writing and you just get better ideas you get better morale you get better everything out of a band when it's all inclusive not hey i'm playing here with three other fuckheads so scott blanco and the scott blanco experience exactly <laughs> each one yeah. of these guys is just an extension of me yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right well do you guys want to introduce us to the next song uh, yeah this is tim with finite fidelity in session at jackrabbit sound shack and this is a new one for you called mirage
Welcome back. We are in session at Jackrabbit Soundcheck here with awesome, badass rockers, Finite Fidelity. Well, don't you know there, Buckaroo? So are you guys interested in having some help? Like, we've had bands in here come in here that have, are they're working with, like, different PR companies, um, you know, to help shop them to record companies and these sorts of things. Um, are you looking for that, or you want to keep it kind of what you're doing now for a while? I mean, tell you the truth, the, the least amount of work we can put it, like, like more as we go, I would like to have a lot of logistics kind of taken care of. That way we can actually just write and play. Like, that's what I want. I mean, I like booking. I like doing all this stuff. Um, and, I mean, it's it's fun and all, but, man, just the, the idea of just going to rehearse and writing music and then going to record. But, like, no, it just everybody sets it up for you. That'd be so nice. And get so, paid for it. Just get paid I mean, for it. Yeah. That's really like that's where you draw the new the new dream. The old the old dream was like this this crazy mansion strippers cocaine like um MTV. Wait, that's the old dream. Joke of a <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> it's still know, the dream for some people. Rock no, and roller rock on a record label fewer, that's fewer that's feeding you big advances. So, you can have my strippers. I don't want them. I think uh, I think yeah. now it's just uh I'll take them. if you have a guy that can fucking haul your amp at the end of the night oh god yes <laughs> and 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 you know maybe you have a couple extra guitars that always stay tuned because of some magic ninja on the side of the stage man <laughs> that's really he has, to, he, he has to be wearing a ninja outfit <laughs> yeah i mean like it you know white gloves though so it just looks like these two pairs of hands are floating my guitar to me like on the backdrop but i don't know about y'all i totally love lugging my drums I love that shit. <laughs> but, I would but, hate to be a guitar player and have like a guitar and an amp. <laughs> I know it's, it's really rough. Or a bass player. But but besides besides that besides that yeah the booking thing I mean it'd be great. Um, my experience I feel like nowadays I'm talking about like the whole old uh, idea of like getting on a label and then labels gonna take care of you and do a bunch of work. One most of the time labels don't even pick you up unless. You're already pushing so many crazy units and, and have all, all these huge milestones, which basi basically means that you hired someone not from a label to do a bunch of work to help you get to that point, or you did it yourself. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, when you are when you haven't done it yourself first, you can hire someone on to do it if you can afford it. Um, and that's a whole other issue there. Yeah. But you bring them on, they're like, well, they know best because you haven't done this before. Mm. I know best because you're hiring me because you can't do this I'm gonna do it for you. My decisions are made in maybe your best interest, but also maybe mine. And to do it first, I mean, I, I th these are things that I definitely want. I think we all want, but I think there's something to be said about, fuck it, let's gut it out ourselves, learn to do it, do it all, mm -hmm. do it as well as we can, and then hand it over to someone and be like, okay, we've yeah, done this. we yeah, can yeah. do it. If we've, they're not doing their job, we've done like, it. Yeah. At any point, like, yeah. so you, no, you, you don't know best all the time because we, we've, we've tread this ground already mm -hmm. and you're kind of just following in what we've done and taking some pressure off for us. And I, I think that's what you want to go for. That's what I'd like to go for. I think that that's the right way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think major record labels are kind of on the decline. I think a lot fewer musicians and artists are looking for that route. I think a lot more people are going the route of, especially nowadays, finding more obscure, you know, less well-known artists and things like that. So everybody's finding their music on Spotify or, you know, wherever, which 
I mean, that's not really a record label, but you you know, an, an artist can get on Spotify. It's or, a digital world. Yeah, yeah. Google Play. We're on there again. Yeah. <laughs> Fidelity on Spotify now. So uh, I don't know. Did we tell the listeners where you guys are playing next? I know you said you're a Dirty Dog coming up. Yeah, we're Dirty Dog February 23rd. We're playing at 10 p.m. Uh, alongside Powerhawk. Uh, do you all know the other bands? <laughs> I, I admit I'm just Are these metal remember. bands that you're playing uh, with there? Well, no, no Powerhawk is, uh, so again, man, working at a music shop, that's how you get things done. Um, <laughs> I've also noticed with this the, podcast, the a lot of player, artists yeah. know each other. That's in this why time. I haven't yeah, quit. Yeah. Yeah. The bass player of Powerhawk would come in and, you know, I'd help him shop bass gear and got talking and he had sent me three tracks of his band's demo and they're like a, just like, it's like hard rock. There's really no other way to say it. Like they riff and they riff just really solid like um you know you don't hear like necessarily any flu- in- influence from them you just hear good rock and roll um and the guitar player is seemed, one hell of a shredder and maybe seemed, we should get them in yeah. here it seemed like a real fun band to build with um because we both have that edge but they do it in a uh straightforward way and we've got more of the progressive styling so it's a cool compliment um and i do not remember the name of the third. So it's three band bands that are playing. Yeah. There's three or four. I think it was. Actually, a, we just brought it up last minute. Last minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Powerhawk invited us. So yeah, yeah. Powerhawk okay. invited us, but their courtesy, yeah, they we're... gave us the slot that we would like. And which is which one? What time? 10, 10 p.m. PM. Yeah. Dirty Dog. Which in Thursday line? Twenty third. Second. Second. Okay. Yeah. Second. And then yeah, uh, we'll be returning there for the the South by Southwest uh, gig. Yeah. Monday, March Monday, 13th. 13th. Yes. March 13th. 4 p.m. for Dirty Fest. And why does dog dirty. Dirty. The 16th? Fourth tap, 16th. Yeah, 16th at 7 p.m. We're pulling. So, uh, so I guess in summation, uh, coming up, uh, Dirty Dog February 23rd, 10 p.m. Uh, dirty Dog again during South by 4 p.m. Uh, March 13th. Mm-hmm. And then uh, March 16th, that Thursday, we're playing at 4th Tap Brewery at 7. Yeah, definitely. PM. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a sick bill. We're playing with Fair City Fire and that girl, Dre. Mm. Again. And there's a special so, song we'll be doing. At the not, very end, hopefully. So. At the very end, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So with, all, with, all, with members of all the bands, too. You're, yeah. you're what time on that one? We are at 7 p.m. on that one. So, are, so we, are we first? Or that's, like last? We're, well, we're, we're second. Second. I okay. think that girl, Dre, is at yes. 6. Yeah. I believe Dre is first. Sweet. Gotcha. Yeah, she's first in my heart. We'll try to put something. We, I, I think we frequently try to put little special, you know, features for our gigs and things like that. Yeah, we've done like you know, like Britney Spears toxic Good for covers. some of our shows. Yeah. Uh, we've done we a, dressed in drag for a drag. Halloween show. And nice. uh, played I, gay bar. Actually, yep. I believe uh, Vance, you used six. one of those lovely pictures like of us uh, <laughs> for for the Not Facebook much, uh, event know, like notification. That a, that we we have that we have that a picture of us in drag on Grinder. Just let you know. Right. <laughs> Erect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you guys uh, played at Fourth Tap before? Is this going to be your first time? Yes, coming up our, in March? This will be our first time. Okay. Um, but you have friends that work there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, uh, I have girlfriends, I think, that work there. Girlfriends. Girlfriends. Girlfriend. <laughs> girlfriend. Girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. With uh, singular D. Better sorry. clarify that one. Uh, yeah. yeah, singular girlfriend D. Girlfriend works there. <laughs> Actually, uh, what I mentioned earlier, Chris Hamjay, he... Um, he was one of like the the, the founders slash owners of Fourth Tap. Their beer is interesting. It's 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 a lot of like sour, soury beers. Yeah, and yeah they, that, that one probably that you're one? thinking about the renew, renewal. It's like a tamarind wheat, and tamarind has a little tartness to it. 
but uh, naturally, I, but I've they have a few a, that were different. But the sorghum's yeah. kind of got like sour, but kind of a little yeah. tartness to it too as well. That's the one yeah. with the owl on it, right? No, that, no that's, that's blue owl. You're thinking blue owl. Blue owl. And they do specifically sour beers. No, it's blue owl. Blue owl only does sour beer. So okay. that's what, definitely what you're thinking well, now of. Now I'm just. Mm-hmm. Fourth tap has like one, well, maybe you're, two. Well, you're not entirely wrong because both the I guess head brewer at Blue Owl and the head brewer at Fourth Tap both worked at. Uh, as head brewers at Black Star Co-op. Yep. So that, that hmm. sour raspberry thing you brought in here—that that was that Blue Owl. Blue Owl. Oh, I thought yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. I've had Fourth Tap beer. You brought for some sure. You have, yes. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah, got they, some they make, stuff. Yeah, they make a great fruit IPA. Way better than Sculpin from Ballast. Hell Point. yes. Um, they also make a orange and coriander pale ale. Really crushable pale ale. I'm salivating. Um, <laughs> I just, just, I'm just selling their beer. Well, talk to your what, girlfriend. Why don't See we bring up the other beer if there was to be. If there was Seriously. to be a beer sponsor for Finite Fidelity, maybe yeah. worth talking about, right? Live Oak. Fourth <laughs> Tap is very yes. all about like supporting local local stuff. Mm-hmm. They have even a bunch of, and it's all uh, owned local. by the quote unquote bartenders, right? They're all called owners. Yeah, I mean, for the co-op. most part, like most of them are uh, work, um, can become apply to become worker owners. So like, uh-huh. I think a decent majority of them are, are worker owners, to, and yeah, that's like kind of the, the model of their co-op is mm-hmm. where every big decision they all have to have a vote. On it like Got you know it. if they sell out to a big brewery they would all have to agree to sell out or you know if they yeah. meet want to you know do this or that um yeah so co-op. you and your girlfriend drink a lot of beer and like beer a lot and it's we, drink, we drink a lot of we get a lot of free beer <laughs> <laughs> the, beer, the beer industry is great yeah, yeah it's, the, it's, the, it's the industry that keeps on giving you are now an official <laughs> brewer at Live Oak, correct? Yep. yep. I'm the, I'm one of the guys that makes your Hefeweizen. Well, congratulations. Makes your That's pills. very cool. Makes your... <laughs> <laughs> if you have too much. <laughs> always drink more. <laughs> I was like, always drink. I'm waiting for like a moderation. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Oh, just, there you go. More, just yeah. always drink. That's the word. No, just always drink more good beer. Yes. There you go. Drink there beer. you go. You've yeah. heard it here. That's the key. official beer of Fine Fidelity. Yeah. Live. As up. as my boss would like to say, we make beer for people who like the taste of beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, chip. And we're liking the taste. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you like the Hefe Bison and the and the Pilsner the best? Yeah, those are those are like water. A live oak for sure. They, they definitely are. We, we we are fueled by those beers on a regular basis. That's that's how like basically our next CD you're gonna be like, what what fueled all this creativity? Well, it was probably a, a lot of live oak. I think the last <laughs> record was fueled by that beer. <laughs> yeah. It was for sure. Well, you know, I, I was I, I, was, I was pretty tipsy for a there. lot of those vocal takes. I do. We we do a lot of quality control. <laughs> they they let me know. Talk about quality. But I can tweak things. A lot of quality control. <laughs> <laughs> the next song is going to be the last one. Cool. So yeah. it's going to be You, Me, and I. I do you guys want to talk to us about that one, what that one's about a little bit? Scott, <laughs> Scott wrote it. Yeah, Scott. God I, damn it, Scott. Stop writing all these songs. Oh, <laughs> uh, So, I mean, yeah, You, Me, and I. I mean, that was, that was at a time where I was kind of experimenting with different tunings on guitar. And that was actually when Ryan and I, that's like right before... I was actually kind of during when Ryan and I were like really first starting out when I wrote it. It's on the EP, which actually uh, I just kind of snuck in to Spotify recently. It'll, it'll probably be on there in like in a week or so. But um, so I wrote that one, one of the first songs I wrote for Finite Fidelity because I, I just had this whole setup um, and I, I wasn't working that much at, at the time. And 
so I kind of was trying to learn some Queens of Stone Age songs. I'm like, oh, I'll see what their tunings are like. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're C to so it's C to C, so basically a baritone guitar. I'm like, what if I just drop that even further so it's in drop B flat? And I just came with like the nastiest riff I could, and it kind of henceforth started from there. And it was it was just a really fun song to write. And I was thinking like how creepy the song kind of sounded. I was thinking like what would be the subject matter of this? And the only thing I can think of was what if a schizophrenic fell in love? And that's what the lyrics are about. Just if as a schizophrenic fell in love, it's just you, me, and I, uh, baby. Technically, multiple personalities. I know, <laughs> but I always say schizophrenic fell in love because it just sounds cool. You're, you're right. It's a better tagline. It's a better tagline. Yeah. Tagline. Hey. <laughs> tagline. Oh, don't get me staggered. <laughs> oh boy, I'm getting so staggered. You don't even know. But I yes, mean, it's all this live. You just got okay. me so, tri- so triggered. <laughs> so tripping staggered. <laughs> Don't you know there, eh? So, yeah, I, I, that's that's what the really the song is about. I just kind of wanted to write as if a person with multiple personality disorder was uh, was in love with somebody. So what the cool yeah. thing is about it, when I, when I actually was producing it on the EP, I had two different types of uh, sounds, which actually are on the record, too. So I had one that was kind of like this radio-esque kind of vocal line then when it got to the chorus it was a full like spectrum of the all, all the all the frequencies so just a flat response from from the microphone just a normal singing voice mm. and the, the intent was the, the from there was the verses are the different voices and the different um, personalities of, of the guy singing and then when it comes together in the chorus the the, the lyrics reflect like um his actual being saying like you know who will I be today? Who will I be for you? And that's that. And then it goes, and I do a lot of like vocal jumps. Like I do a lot of like really high notes. I do a lot of low notes to really exemplify the different voices in this guy's head slash personalities of this dude. So that's kind of where the inspiration came from, from that. Interesting. And it's definitely always been our, like our big heavy kind of final hitter for oh, yeah. most of our shows. Um, it Pretty just, much. It's just taken on that like, hit the ceiling and, and blast through it like know. really like like re- what the intent is which is not necessarily the best in my mind to have but i kind of like it anyways just after that song i really want the next band after us to make sure they step up their game too it's like yeah try to follow that have fun so and and if you're really unlucky I'll break a guitar during the song. Yeah. yeah. Or, and fall into my drum set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I heard about that. He slipped on one of the wood shards that from the broken yeah. guitar and just ate shit into my That was set. not like nothing I could prepare for in rehearsal. But it was and, so gracefully uh, you did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's that's what I'm told. People. I was really more impressed by the fact that I'm trying to still play my riff where I'm like, my arms like dug into a cymbal. <laughs> and I just like look over my shoulder, turn my head, look over at Ryan. And you just full bore rock in like rock face on doesn't give a shit he's like well your symbol or your head (laughs) i mean really my first concern was like oh shit ryan strum kit like i'm so sorry i hope i didn't mess anything up (laughs) meanwhile like i get done with that like my head went like into a symbol i had this like big gash and like goose egg on the back but but everyone's coming up like i was the most rock and roll thing thing. the funniest thing is people commented more about you falling into the drum set 
than they did about breaking your own guitar. That <laughs> yeah. was the hilarious part. Which just goes to show <laughs> that the best that shit purpose. isn't rehearsed, you know? It just really isn't. Like, like, why the hell would you do that? Every, every show, right? Yeah, no, I, the first thing I said to everybody about the whole thing was like, I don't ever want to do that again. Like, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Cobain was clearly a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> he was just high on heroin and didn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> just do some heroin, man. It'll be all right. It's going to be all right. Okay, so you, it, it, d- yeah, it doesn't hurt when you're on the heroin, but it's going to hurt eventually. <laughs> I remember seeing you at the bar, and I, mean, I was like, "I bet you're cut up." And you're like, "Oh man, my elbows!" It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt for me then either. The adrenaline of that in that show, like I, you're but tough. I, I got off, and I'm like, oh, I got off on it." But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, there's there's wounds, and and then a crusty spot. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have a change of clothes? Um, Isn't that funny? Isn't that no, funny? but I got up, I got up the stage like, uh, yeah, this I can't really feel this yet, but this is gonna hurt so bad the next three days, and it did. Any, anyway, I took that so far. So, um, <laughs> someone want to introduce this song? It's well, rock and roll, baby. Where uh, so where can guys find you online? Like the listeners who are listening to the show who haven't heard you before, where can they find you online? Uh, definitely. I mean, it, almost everywhere. Um, like, yeah, main one Spotify. That's what we when we we always advocate. But yeah, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, YouTube, our EPs on SoundCloud. We uh, uh, we're very active on social media. Obviously, yeah. we have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, which we barely use. FiniteFidelity.com. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have like, FiniteFidelity.com. We, we got the actual FiniteFidelity.com okay. domain, so mm-hmm. nice. we're legit. I think yep. too legit to quit. Sweet. Yep. And if you want to buy an actual CD, go to a show. Go to a show. show. Or go, go to Waterloo. Waterloo, Waterloo Records and uh, End of an Ear. Then this should be and there. I'm thinking and about hopefully... setting up an online store on our website. Yeah. Like an Etsy shop? Yep. And then <laughs> sure. with any luck, we'll um, have this was our, our album in more than just All Waterloo hops. and some various record stores. <laughs> yeah. Uh, across the country when we uh, hit out on tour this June. <laughs> okay, nice. The general plan for the tour ahead of time is find, you know, we love 98.9 KUTX. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, didn't be- I didn't believe it. That's my audition tape. <laughs> <laughs> the music that got you in trouble. Well, you yeah. got a face for radio, you know. Um, thanks, man. WNBC. <laughs> um, but yeah, find the cool local stations and record stores and, you know, send a couple shirts or CDs out and just be like, hey, we're coming to town around this time. You know, just, hey, heads up kind of thing. Maybe you have to play us on the radio, put us on your shelves, whatever, and try yeah. to get some that recon out of the way and i nice. i actually worked um for seven years as a studio engineer for um an in-studio session uh um thing that would air every sundays on a radio station back home um so we're gonna try to hook something up there with them Sweet. as well kind of a studio 1a style um awesome very much like this really yeah <laughs> we've noticed a lot of the artists we've had in here have been on you know local news networks you know the tv shows radio shows yeah, we're, like we're that. hoping that we cool. can get kicked out of a good morning america one of these yeah. days oh, you know yeah, that's a, a good morning austin, austin then you know you've we, made let's it let's get kicked out of that yeah, yeah. Morning, <laughs> just just from our our, our foul language our, our poop poop mouths poop, poop mouth. <laughs> good morning uh austin this song's about a schizophrenic in love like, you know, Eat it up, like, you shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> KRDL, the Colonel. The song's about hating uh, your boss. You know, it's just like that yeah. massive fuckhole of a person. Instead of heading, <laughs> but, or but hey, like some someone needs to just still not care when they're being uh, rock and roll assholes, right? Yep. There you mm-hmm. go. Motley Crue's done. People so it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. time for somebody to step to the yeah. plate. Yeah. <laughs>
Nikki Six drank heroin from a fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that from Nick Swartz, and I'll, tell, I'll, I'll put that out there. It's not, that, is, that does not belong to me. It's good that, to give cop, copyright Scott Blanco to no, no. <laughs> 2017. So go out there, get a copy of Red and Blue. Do it. Download it. We'll, and, we'll love yeah. you forever. Love oh, it. And, love then, it. and upload it. Oh, uh, yeah? Yep. Re-upload it. Share it with your friends, your, your family, your dog. Just, you know. Your dog. We're really big in <laughs> your cat. hamsters. Loudly yeah. enough, dogs can't it's see all of our All of our tests have come back very positive. Yeah, a lot of hamsters. HIV really, really positive. Yeah. A lot of them went into seizures, so we, we take that as a good mm-hmm. good turnout. So. All right, awesome. Well, <laughs> we do want to thank you guys for coming into the studio. We really appreciate it. It's been a great day. It's been fun. You, yeah. Yeah. It's been a long day. Thanks for having us. Thanks for but it's having been us. awesome. Thank yeah, you thank so much. The, yeah, thanks for yeah, having us here. This the rest awesome. of the beers I brought, they're all yours, man. Okay. If oh, there's any left. You appreciate like it. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> a half a beer. All the beer is left to you. <laughs> yeah. um, we are going to go ahead and wrap this up. Make sure you guys tune in for the next episode as well. We're going to have Lug in here, a local Austin metal band. They Sweet. typically bring a really huge following to their shows. They also don't play very much anymore. Um, so when they do, it's an extra special treat for everybody. And every show that I've seen them play has been a packed house from stage to door. Um, so they are coming in to do a special session with us next time. So if you guys dig metal, tune in for that next week. Bunch of nice guys, awesome musicians. Find us online at InSessionJRSS.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Vance, have you got anything to say to kind of close this out? Thanks again to Finite Fidelity, and please tune in again over and over and over, InSessionJRSS.com. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and make sure to hit the bell button so you get notifications when we upload a new uh, song, a new episode, so on and so forth. Every one of these sessions you can find on YouTube, every individual song you can find on YouTube as well. So tune in, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast as well. That'll really help us push things along and keep us bringing in bands for you guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up with the last song by Finite Fidelity called You, Me, and I. Thanks a lot, guys. We will see you next time.
We're done.